the South of the Six podcast, bringing you the latest on your favorite Toronto sports teams from south of the Canadian border. Here's your host, Adam Corsair. So history was made finally for the Toronto Raptors as they are well on their way to their very first appearance in franchise history heading to the NBA Finals. Welcome to the South of the Six podcast. We are proudly part of the stadium scene.tv network and part of the Overtime Media crew. Last night, I recorded an eight-minute blurb of my reaction. It was very unstructured, very incoherent. I'm hoping to do a better job today. But with a victory like that in Game 6, people ask, how alive do you feel? I feel fucking too alive right now. <laughs> Joining me to discuss all things Toronto Raptors and their birth to the NBA Finals is Connor Chambers of Toronto Sports Views and the TSV Podcast. Bro, are you alive? Um, I barely woke up this morning. Like, I was like, it was a rough night. <laughs> like 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 it was celebratory i was incredibly happy uh and you know i was probably up until three four in the morning last night i was just so wired i couldn't sleep uh waking up this morning was rough but what a time to be alive if you're a toronto sports fan this is literally what we've this is what we've discussed for the whole year this is what we've envisioned this team could get to everything that we've talked about from load management is he staying or is he not will he report fuck you chris hines uh <laughs> will will he uh will he elevate this team what about lowry is lowry washed uh what's going on is pascal siakam gonna elevate his game like everything that we've seen it's all culminated into this moment this is the time for raptors fans i couldn't be more excited to be a toronto raptors fan and i welcome all of you that are new bandwagon fans please Join our bandwagon. Yeah. It's really nice. We're polite up here in Canada. And Americans that like Canadians like Adam, we're all polite too. Okay? Just join <laughs> us. We welcome you. It's great. Uh, it's cozy. What a time to be alive. Like I said, too fucking alive right now. Oh it is... it is. Look, I know, like I mentioned in the jump of the show, I did an incoherent rambling podcast. I wasn't even drunk. Like, I wasn't, I, I had literally one beer. It was one of those times where I was drinking all day because I was yeah. doing, like I mentioned, like yard work and stuff. And I, I didn't want to be ridiculously drunk during the game. So I literally had one beer because it was one of those times where you're so stressed that you can stretch out a beer to last like three quarters. Um, I don't know, man. This is this is everything that you mentioned. This is the culmination of everything from start to finish, from the DeRozan trade all the way to this, right? This is what we were looking for as a result of that trade. This is the payoff. This is what it's like to have a superstar named Kawhi Leonard on your team to fucking posterize Giannis Antetokounmpo with this massive dunk over him. Like, this is ridiculous. This is... I've never felt so proud to be a Toronto sports fan outside of Toronto, like, south of the border. Because, like, this is a, an amazing feeling of vindication that... And I'm sure you feel it too, and everybody in Toronto, that like we finally have it. And there's no better city that deserves this than Toronto, period. Yeah, we've suffered through a lot, haven't we? Yes. <laughs> as, a, as a sports city, I mean, obviously, 
you, you've you said that you kind of want to get a little bit in the hockey when playoffs are on a ball. I tried, but the the maple <laughs> yeah the Maple Leafs <laughs> the Maple Leafs haven't won a cup in over fifty years, and you know that people people credit obviously like hockey's a Canadian sport and Toronto is essentially the New York Yankees of hockey, and when a team like that hasn't won for so long, you just feel like this cursed city where the Raptors can't win. They can't get over the hump. DeMar and Kyle plateaued. And you're like, well, this is just our luck. You know, the, the Jays, um, this in this current era couldn't get over the hump of the ALCS, even when it looked like they were finals bound and should have beaten teams like Kansas city. Couldn't get there. So, I think that this is just this Toronto Raptors team. It's it's really different in the sense of Masai Ujiri brought in guys that have been there, guys that know what to do. Kawhi Leonard, Danny Green, uh, Marcus Saul playoff tested. He kept around Kyle Lowry, who's um, who understands the heartbeat of the Toronto Raptors, who can validate all the playoff troubles and say hey i'm going to take us further than what than where we've ever been and i'm going to be the guy to lead it i just think everything that's been put together in this moment has been so poetic and it's so many long years of heartbreak and uh you know just depression i think this this city has been lacking a true championship team and yes you can say toronto fc won the championship, but I'm talking about the big four being NBA, uh, NHL, NFL, MLB. Obviously, we don't have an NFL team, so we're limited to the three. But when you take a look at all of that, everything in this moment, this getting to this point is unbelievable for this franchise, for this city. It does so much for the exposure of the game of basketball in Canada. Fans that don't get to see the Toronto Raptors very often in the States can now see what we've been talking about, how it's a different team. Everything that revolves around this is just such great news for the city of Toronto, for the Toronto Raptors organization, for ownership, Larry Tannenbaum, Masai Ujiri, uh, Uncle Dennis, everyone. Yeah, <laughs> Everybody is super elated. And the fans top it all off. Crazy scenes in Toronto last night. I couldn't believe what I was seeing, but madness. And if we, if we, and when we win the NBA Finals, it's going to be absolutely mental. I was just going to say that, like you see these pockets, and I, and I shouldn't even use the word pockets. These crowd, this sea of people in the streets, just celebrating. And it's you can tell that this is a long time coming because. You know, when is the last time? I, I remember sitting down and look, I, I said this before. I am not, I, I have no shame, right? I'm not this machismo guy that is going to shy away from emotion. Tears last night, just tears in front of my me wife. Too. And she's just like, you know, like she, she picks on me and it's all good fun. She's like, oh my God, Adam, so dramatic. I'm like, you don't understand. Like, I have <laughs> in my adult life, like you can say the Blue Jays 1992, 93, but like, again, I was seven, eight years old. I didn't understand it. I'm I'm thinking, you know, watching that, I'm like, I have never experienced this. This is my no. first real championship series ever, like in my adult life that I can appreciate and experience. I it, this is it. This is the first time. And if you asked me back in 2015, 
um, you know, with all the things that you know, the prior season that the Raptors were going through, you know, with Brooklyn and then Washington um, in the finals. I'm sorry, not in the finals, in the playoffs. You know, in seeing what the Jays were doing and how, you know, at that point, Babcock was just about to be hired by the lease and stuff. If you said, hey, where do you see this tiering of the Toronto teams? Where do you see the rankings? Who's going to win a championship first? And I would have said probably it's going to be the Blue Jays at the Leafs. Right, because yep. you know the Raptors kind of have this brick wall in front of them, named LeBron James, that they can't really seem to overcome. And how ironic is it that now, not the Raptors—I mean, not the Leafs, not the Blue Jays, but the Raptors—are the team that is opening up this door, opening up this experience for people. It's beautiful, and, and it's just like think about it. This is summertime in the city, heading into June. Summertime in Toronto, they get to experience this. Like Jurassic Park is going to be, if this goes the whole seven, Jurassic Park is going to be packed those four games. Packed. And it's just going to be amazing. Like this city deserves it. This country that I'm not a part of, but I wish I was. You are. You're honorary. You're part of it. All right, honorary. Deserves it. Deserves it. Like how many times do you hear like Toronto Raptors and an NBA, a non-American team going to the finals? Okay. Yeah. First time in history. First time in history that the NBA finals will be played on non-American soil. First time in history. And we are witnessing this. In 2019, we are witnessing this. And there is a possibility, and I'd argue a good possibility, that the first time in history a non-American team is going to win the Larry O'Brien Trophy. First time in history. 2019. And this is amazing. What a time to be alive. You said it on the drum of the show. What a time to be alive. And look, I don't care about, at this point, dude, I don't care about whether or not Kawhi is going to stay. I don't care about that. That's all noise. Like you see these Instagram stories with Kawhi's sister and you have this bum in the background. Oh, they don't know. They don't want to think he's going to leave. And people are like, oh, that's Uncle Dennis. Uncle Dennis is at the fucking game last night. dude. Yeah. He's not saying that. That's just some, yeah. some random motherfucker running his mouth. I don't care. I don't care about any of that because you want to know why today, today, the Toronto Raptors are going to the NBA Finals. That's all that matters, period. That's all, that's all that matters. Don't let anything else distract you. This is the the time. This is what we've worked all season for. And honestly, I'm with you. I don't care. I'm, obviously, I care if Kawhi Leonard stays. I want him to stay. Not, this is it's not secondary, though, anyway. right, right this, now. This, in this moment, you're right. It's secondary. And it has to be secondary because the goal has always been to win an NBA Finals. You are this close. Don't let any noise distract you. Don't become a Milwaukee Bucks and let things distract you on the sidelines because then you lose. Yeah. You lose. You The moment that Coach Bud talked about Drake, they lost. It was series over. Because if you're, if you're worrying about Drake and you're not worrying about your series, you've already lost. You have to be focused. You can't let that distract you. Same concept here. If you're talking about Kawhi Leonard... You're talking about if he stays or if he goes. As a fan, you've lost. As a fan, you're not enjoying the moment. You're not, as, as Kawhi Leonard says, like, in, be happy. Be like, you're you're here in this moment. Let's enjoy the moment. He says that all the time, and he's right. As fans, we have to take that. We have to enjoy the moment. If we're not enjoying the moment, we lose. Regardless of whether they win or not, we lose. Right. And we can't we can't worry about the moment Kawhi Leonard hosts the Larry O'Brien Trophy. Oh, is this the only time we're going to see him lift anything with the Toronto Raptors? We'll never see him back here again. He's going to the LA Clippers. And no. Who fucking cares? Right. Who who gives a fuck at that point? 
Right. Right. Who cares? Because guess what? He did what he was supposed to do. He owes us nothing. He owes us something. I know. I I know. I've said he's become a Toronto Raptor, and he really has. But in, at the end of the day, if he goes to leave, and he wants to go to the LA Clippers, he wants to go back home, and he comes back to Toronto. Standing I'm ovation. giving that dude the biggest standing ovation I've ever given anybody because you know what? He might be the greatest Toronto sports athlete of all time. Wow. He's yeah. in, he is he's in that argument. You can make yeah. a very good case for him being the greatest Toronto sports athlete of all time. Obviously, we have had we've been lucky to have great athletes in the city, regardless of whether they've given us a championship or not. We've had a lot of great athletes, but from what I've seen here, there have only been two people that I've really ever seen elevate their game in this level in the playoffs uh, in uh, in the NBA, and that being LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard mm. from regular season to playoffs in this type of fashion. Kawhi Leonard is Michael Jordan-esque in this moment from what he is doing from everything from scoring to passing to getting 17 rebounds in game six on up 3-2. When you were and your team was getting heavily out rebounded, you come up with 17 rebounds. You're not even a power forward if we want to put a term on it. And this dude is out here doing everything that he can. He's laying his body out. So if he goes to leave, then that's okay because you know what? I know that he gave his heart and soul into this team. And I know that he gave everything that he possibly could. And to me, I have satisfaction in that because I know that he didn't just want to use this as a one-off and, and, and go because he wants to really win this and he wants to win this for his team, for the city, for the country, for everyone. And I believe that. I genuinely do. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. It's, it's great that you mentioned Jordan because um, last night while watching the game, and uh, this also coincides with the rebounding aspect. When he was at the free throw line and he missed that second free throw and he got his own rebound, the first thing that comes to my mind is that is Michael Jordan. Yes. That is a Michael Jordan play right there. Like the the will and the the foresight and the determination and just the basketball IQ and desire to just grab your own rebound from a missed free throw is incredible, right? You have two big guys underneath that will probably lackadaisical be like, oh, I got this. Nope. <laughs> nope. Ripping this shit right out of your hands when you're because I'm Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, dude. <laughs> it's 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 amazing. Like, And if he does leave, it's sort of like the antithesis of what happened with Vince Carter, right? It's sort of like, I'm leaving on my own terms. I'm not demanding trades. I didn't not show up. I'm, I, I did what I was supposed to do. I did. It's like total workmanship mentality. Yeah. I played to my best of my ability. I didn't hold back anything. I gave you my all. And, and that's all you can ask for. How could you boo that if he left? And it's like you think of all these rumors of how Masai Ujiri was trying to trade. I want to say he tried to trade uh, DeMar DeRozan to... Uh, OKC Indiana for or OKC. Okay, there you go. Imagine if Paul George was leading this ship, right? Because he is an emotional guy. We've seen this in the in the pressers in the playoffs. How him and Russ were like, next question, next question, <laughs> yeah. next. Like, you know, that's that's not, uh, for lack of a better way to put it, professional. I don't want to take anything away from his talents because Paul George proved this year that he's an amazing talent. He's great, but just think about the infectious nature that Kawhi Leonard has on this team, even keeled. 
does not get shook. Always th- the thing that stands out to me the most of last night when he gave that speech, you know, with the uh, with the trophy, this is, is that he's this like, is a pretty you know, special oh, situation when you come to a team like this. It's never been there, and now you're heading there. How is that registered with you? I'm still, I'm st- it's still surreal to me right now. You know, we, we just won game six, but, you know, that's what we've been striving for all season. Everybody here wants to get to the finals and win it. I mean, and it's, it's not over yet. Uh, so we're going to enjoy the win tonight, go in the locker room, and see what we got to do uh, tomorrow for the next, for the next team. Congratulations, Kawhi. Just now, prepare. Kyle. We got to prepare for for the uh, next team. And, and it, it's that subtle jab. If you if you don't pay attention, you don't think of it. But it's not. We got to pay attention to the Warriors. It's that backhanded. We got to pay attention to the uh, the next team. Whatever. Like that is the mentality, and it is outstanding. It is infectious, and that is what makes him so valuable for this team because that shit spreads. It's like venomous amongst the whole locker room in a positive way that they are even keeled with this guy. And when you have someone like Kawhi Leonard leading the ship, you have to be confident in their chances. That's a killer mentality, eh? Like that's a killer mentality. This is a guy that's like, I don't give a fuck who's in front of me. Right. I really don't. It put put Giannis Antetokounmpo. Give me Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid double teaming me. Guess what? I'm either going to score or I'm going to find someone to score. So when we get to it, what's Golden State going to do for Kawhi Leonard? What's their answer? Because you know what? I think matchup-wise, they're going to have the toughest challenge versus the 76ers or the Bucks just based on length. Yeah. Who do they... Who besides... You can say Draymond Green... And that would probably that would probably be the obvious candidate, but um, you know they don't have a ton of length compared to the Milwaukee Bucks or the Philadelphia 76ers, which have seemed to be the Achilles' heel for the Toronto Raptors. If there was anything, it was just they they struggle a little bit against length. So you put Draymond Green out there on Kawhi. If you're going small ball, that's your center on a small forward. Mm. Um. What are you going to do when Serge Ibaka gets the ball, Marcus All, Pascal Siakam, uh, the bigger boys of the team? They're going to struggle. And the lack of length is going to help guys like Fred Van Vliet and Norman Powell continue to hit shots. Um, it's going to help Pascal Siakam a lot, I think, because Danny Green can't be too, uh, Danny Green, uh, Draymond <laughs> Green can't be two places at once. Danny Green can't be no places at once, apparently, this series. But uh, D- uh, Draymond Green can't be two places at once. He can't guard Kawhi Leonard and Pascal Siakam right. because he would be a good candidate to guard Pascal Siakam as well. So if he's on Kawhi Leonard when Pascal's on the floor, Pascal can have an opportunity to really do well in this series. So this opens up a lot of doors for the Toronto Raptors. I think matchup-wise, um, obviously, Golden State's going to be the favorite, as they should be, back-to-back champs, four times in five years, making the NBA Finals. Granted, obviously, I give them that. Steph Curry's playing at a stupidly good level right now. Klay Thompson is balling out. They're proving that they can play without Boogie and KD. But I think that there's a lot of people that haven't watched the Toronto Raptors in a while. Uh, <laughs> U.S. media. <laughs> <laughs> Throughout the regular season, and forgot to uh, notice that the Raptors beat a fully healthy Warrior squad without uh, without Kawhi Leonard in their lineup, and Kyle Lowry the first time, and and Kyle Lowry the first time. So you tell me, 
you think that this is going four or five games either way? Because I don't. It's interesting because when you look at the the matchups that the Raptors had to go through, like you can you can say what you want about Orlando. That was an easy series, right? Yeah. But there was a point towards the end of the regular series, series, the regular season, that Orlando was a very good defensive team. Yes. Right. And they they didn't prove it in the playoffs. You know, they lost four in a row at a reverse gentleman sweep, whatever. Um, fine. But then you go to to the 76ers. Pretty good defensive team and a long team, as you mentioned. And they're pretty deep as well, right? And they have superstars on that team. You know, whether or not you want to include Joel Embiid in that conversation, I tend to think that his ceiling is ridiculously high, and I do think he's going to be a great player moving forward, if not there already. And Jimmy Butler has proven that he is deadly in the playoffs. Like, he also has that killer mentality. It just wasn't matched up to Kawhi Leonard. Um Ben Simmons has a long way to go. Tobias Harris is a pretty scary shooter. Like, that's not a bullshit team we're talking about. With That that series won seven, right? And then you move on to Milwaukee, first in the Eastern Conference this year. Really good team. Yeah, it, it, there you go, first in the league. They might have the, the, I guess, the MVP of the regular season, and I say that only because, well, Kawhi didn't play every game, so maybe if he did. And that's not a knock on Kawhi. I'm just saying the fact is is that he Kawhi probably disqualified himself from n- not playing 20-some-odd games. But the fact of the matter is that team is also long, right? They have some veterans on that team. You could probably throw in George Hill into that conversation. He is uh, experienced. You could probably throw in Miritich in that conversation. He also is experienced. And play zero minutes. Um, yeah, <laughs> did not play a single minute yesterday. Um, Brogdon has been proven to be a, a pretty good player. Um, Eric Bledsoe in the regular season was decent. He kind of choked in the playoffs. But my point is that this team also isn't a bullshit team. What they, the three of those team ha- teams have in common is that they're very above average defensively. Look at what Golden State went through. Do they play any defensive challenging teams? I don't think so. Do you think Golden State is a challenging defensive team? I don't think so. I think this is going to be the easiest team that the Raptors have played this playoffs in terms of a defensive matchup, right? And if you have uh, players, sorry, I'm tripping over my words here because I'm so excited. If you have players that are scoring, and you can even remove Danny Green from the conversation because, as you said, he doesn't show up any day. But if you have Kyle Lowry firing, Kawhi Leonard firing, which he will be, Pascal Siakam firing, Serge Ibaka firing, Marcus Saul firing, Fred Van Vliet firing, Norman Powell firing, these players have been reliable since the Milwaukee series, and there's no sense that they're going to slow down. Do you think that they're just going to roll over and die against Golden State? Why? Because they're chucking threes? The Toronto Raptors are by far the best defensive team that the Golden State Warriors have to face this playoff series. I don't think this is a gimme series at all. In fact, it would not surprise me if this went the distance. It's I, I believe it's going the distance. Um, I think that there will be... Uh, and I said, I said this in the Milwaukee series. I thought that both teams in the Milwaukee series would win at least one game on the road. The Raptors were the only team to do that, um, which was surprising considering the 2-0 Milwaukee series lead. Uh, I thought it, I thought that that would have gone to seven because I thought Milwaukee would have taken one on the road, maybe. Um, uh, yeah, I guess in, in that case, like maybe that maybe they would have won game six, if anything, right, to, to bring it back to game seven. I think that I'm going to say the same thing for this series. I think that both teams... Obviously, they'll they'll do well at home, but I think that they will at least take one on the road. 
And that wouldn't surprise me if they did because both teams, uh, obviously, they're number one in uh, well, Golden State, number one in the West, Raptors, number two in the East, but better record than Golden State. They both play well at home and on the road. Obviously, when you get to the NBA Finals, that's the way it is. It's going to be really interesting, though. I think that this is going the distance, but bringing it back to the roundtable that we had before, we talked about home court advantage. Oh, yeah. And I, I, I get, like, there were people that were saying, you know, home court could be something or, or not, whatever. Obviously, um, in the regular season, you have to, with, with the load management of Kawhi Leonard, it's paid dividends back in the playoffs massively. Um, was it worth giving up? "Quote unquote," the number one seed for in the East, yes. In hindsight being twenty twenty, but if you go to Game Seven in Milwaukee, that's a tough place to to win. Even though we've done it, oh yeah, and then almost did it a second time. But I having home court against the defending champions, back to back defending champions, is really important. If you have Game Seven at home in Toronto, that is so important to have and i'm very thankful that the raptors were able to have home court advantage over the golden state warriors with uh, with Kawhi leonard missing a quarter of the season think about it this way as well as everything you just said right this is redemption for Kawhi leonard against the golden state warriors Yes, it is. Right. Like Petrulia isn't on the team right now. So like, I, I guess whatever, but there is this sense of Kawhi Leonard and maybe he's not even thinking about this again. He's so enigmatic and robotic that I can't read him, but I feel like it's human emotion to be like, I had you motherfuckers. I had you, I had you in my hand in the Western conference finals. And if it wasn't for that injury, we would have beaten you. Right, and it's not like we. It's the, sure the Spurs team at that time was incredible, but Kawhi Leonard was taking over that series, like at least that game, that game one. Were they, were they up? They were up like eighteen uh, or something. I think in the twenties. I think they were up like twenty three at one point. There you go. And then he got hurt, and, and that, that was, was in it. Golden State. In Golden State, yeah. And he was playing monstrous. Right. Uh, the, yeah. And he's in this is one million percent redemption for Kawhi Leonard. He's got a chip on his shoulder. Uh no Zaza Pachulia. He was in Detroit this year. Thank God we didn't play the Pistons, or we might not have seen Kawhi Leonard for the rest of the playoffs. <laughs> but um, you know, you think you think going back to our first round matchup, Orlando Magic, um, Nick Nurse had a press conference after the uh game six against Milwaukee, and someone asked him what this team has done in the regular season versus the postseason to play this elevated defensive level of game that they've been able to achieve. And he said that it all started game one versus Orlando uh, when they lost. Well, we're playing a lot harder. That's, that's really, um, it took us kind of one punch in the gut from the Orlando magic. And they all looked around each other and Nick Nurse said, you have to play harder. You have to be better than this. If you want to make the NBA Finals, this is not going to cut it. You, if you want to make it out of this round, this is not going to cut it. Mm-hmm. And I think that the players bought in. They understood. They faced adversity round one, round two, round three. I would argue that the most adversity that the Golden State Warriors faced was against the Clippers. You could say Houston. No, because I think Houston. I, I think I think James Harden is the biggest fraud in the NBA. Okay, 
Oh, uh, you can say the Clippers then. I, I'll, I'm going to say the Clippers because I think as a team, they pushed Golden State a little bit harder. Um, James Harden single-handedly buried the Houston Rockets this year in the playoffs. Um, he's so selfish with the ball, and he, may, he does these stupid shots expecting to get calls or whatever, or I don't know what, what he does. I don't like – he's, he's one of the greatest scorers in the NBA, but I don't like his game. Yeah. So he he single-handedly like look Kyle Lowry is making an NBA finals before Chris Paul. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a knock on Kyle Lowry. This is just like Chris Paul's not made. No, it's a knock on fucking Chris Paul. Though. Yeah, fuck you Chris Paul, okay? It's, you you're the worst. You're the worst, okay? Like uh, Kyle Lowry is making an NBA finals before you. This is not expected to happen. You've been in these Unbelievable, even on these unbelievable teams, the, the the Clippers that were supposed to get it, uh, the Rockets that were supposed to get it, and they didn't. And here's Kyle Lowry, like, see you later, bud. Off he goes. Unbelievable. I'm just uh, yeah. Can can we take a moment to appreciate Kyle Lowry in the series? I was gonna mention him. Like, this is seven years in the making for him, and if there's anyone that does deserve this on this team like they all deserve it but kyle lowry has suffered a lot right and the narratives of playoff lowry showing up yet again like this whole (laughs) you know false narrative about kyle lowry choking in the playoffs and being terrible in the playoffs like this has got to be sweet for him man and like the whole drama with the derozan trade it took up until the trade deadline or sorry the all-star break for him and Masai to really hash it out and talk about it like it is it's you gotta feel for Kyle Lowry like you gotta feel that he feels like now I'm in that echelon like now I may be in a uh, dare I say uh, a hall of fame conversation when I decide to hang it up maybe not he's not a shoe in by any means but he's definitely now in the conversation right and five-time all-star like leading it's help leading his team to the nba finals like i'd argue that him and Kawhi were the two most important players in this uh eastern conference finals you can throw fred van vliet in but i'm talking about reliability from start to finish kyle lowry didn't really miss a beat in the eastern conference finals so having said that when you have a guy named pascal siakam on your team and you could argue that Pascal Siakam may have been like the third most important player because he was kind of off in the corners from three. Would kind of want to see them see him hit those. But Kyle Lowry definitely was a man determined and went as a general in this series against the Bucks. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Yeah, Kyle Lowry. If if anyone doubted his worth, Kyle Lowry has proved them wrong. He's proved the doubters yeah. wrong. Um, I don't want any more playoff slander on my timeline. I don't want to see it on Twitter for, for Kyle Lowry. There's still people out there that say Kyle Lowry is made, making an NBA Finals appearance. Like, like it's it's the it's the most uh, bizarre thing to ever happen in their life. Yeah. Like, dude, do you not watch basketball? Are you dumb? This guy has done so much. And... I've always I've been very adamant in my, in my point by saying if Lowry just contributes with like mid-teens and points, like 13 to 17 points in the game, he gives you 8 to 10 assists. The guy can give you like five rebounds a game for his size and position, and it's stupid good. 
Yep. And he gives you that defensive effort. He takes charges. He does so much. He He's active. He can... Big guys try to body him down low. They mm-hmm. try to post him up, and he's like, I ain't moving. I'm not going anywhere. I'm, I am a truck. I am standing here. He's very active with his hands. He gets steals. Like This guy just does so much for this team. And I think it was really exemplified um, in the Bucks game last night when he was on the floor and there was that ball. I can't remember what quarter it was, first or second. It was in the first half when the ball was on the floor and he made that effort to get it and then he kind of missed and he made the second effort as he's oh, yeah, on the yeah, pass, yeah, yeah. trying to swipe it to Kawhi Leonard, I believe, and he just went down the court. It's just it's stuff like that where you look and you're like, this guy loves the game of basketball. And that's important because there's a lot of guys that do it to do it. And there's a lot of guys to do it for the fame, for the money, whatever. This guy loves this game. He loves his team. He loves his teammates. He loves his city. And he's laying it all out physically, literally laying it out for this team. It's grit, man. There's nothing more you can ask for. This guy is in a, is in a very serious conversation for the hall of fame. Um, Eric Bledsoe, when he said that, at the beginning of the series, at the beginning of the, the said beginning of the playoffs or the beginning of the series, I can't remember that Kyle Lowry is should be considered for the Hall of Fame. There were a lot of people that were like, "You stupid," but this that might be the smartest thing that that guy has done all series. See, <laughs> Kyle Lowry is a Hall of Famer because there was a lot of dumb things that he did in that series. But I, I credit him for at least one smart thing, which was the Kyle Lowry praise. Take that. Yeah, yeah, and you know this is. We're talking about like the intangibles when it comes to this team, um, not just the grit and the the poke the bear mentality and that you know, the 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 will to win. It's it's the little things, right? You see, Mark Saul at the end of the game still praising Memphis, saying like, "We're this is for you guys too." You know, that's class. You see Memphis tweet back, be like, "We're with you, man." We were. That's so. That's such class, right? That's such unification amongst like this fraternity that is the NBA. It's crazy. And you, like I mentioned before, the poise and the nature in which Kawhi Leonard has this like almost like assassin ninja mentality to keep it in even keeled. Like how much meditation he has to go through. Just to get to that point, to not let the overwhelming nature of the moment get to him. It's amazing. And, you know, you compare that to how Joel Embiid was after losing Game 7, albeit in dramatic fashion. But, you know, I, I understand you're in tears, but you're sort of, you know, making a fool out of yourself when you do that. When you do the airplane and you rock the cradle. Like, that stuff, there's no place for that. And if you're going to do that, you're going to get shot in the face as a result. And look what happened right in his face. Um, you see Giannis. I don't know if you caught this yesterday during um, his- at- this point you know sometimes it takes experience i'm wondering if now that you have some of that experience if you see more validity to that point or what you think about that now that you've gone through it post game media scrum he just walked out i did like, there was a question asked about uh you know experience in the moment and he just walked out and middleton had to take over the questioning that's just you don't do that you you, you sort of have to lose with pride and with dignity and, you know, also winning with dignity is important as well. And I think that's what the Toronto Raptors have been demonstrating. After any win in the series, they're not rubbing it in anyone's faces. They're not, like, calling people choke artists. They're not rubbing up their, and highlighting their stats or anything. They're, they're business. Like, yesterday in, in 
Kyle Lowry's post-storm, he's like, we still have work to do. We're not satisfied. We still have work to do. And that is, like I mentioned before about Kawhi, that is infectious. That is keeping everybody in line, quote-unquote. And I don't mean that in like a disciplinary way. I, I mean that strictly in, hey, keep focused. Let's enjoy this night tonight because they did. I don't know if you know this, but they went out to Jurassic Park a bunch. Of- I did. I heard <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Norman Powell is just chilling on the streets in Jurassic Park. It's crazy. Unreal. You know, and it, they're like, enjoy this night. But Sunday morning, it's game time. We're, we're right back in it. We're right back into this conversation of we need to be focused, we need to be on our game, and we need to be prepared because we can't take a back seat. You're right. Home court advantage is great. This is pivotal, especially against a team like the Golden State Warriors. We have four games in Toronto if we make it all the way to the seven-game series, the whole stretch of it. And I think that the Raptors have a really good shot. So having said that, we'll wrap it up here, but I want to get your thoughts. How confident are you against the Golden State Warriors with the Raptors? I know we sort of touched on this briefly or pieces here and there. Um, and I guess I want to end it with your prediction. What do you think is going to happen in this NBA Finals for the Raptors? And lastly, just throw this curveball in there. Toronto Raptors are getting a fucking Christmas Day game, period. Oh, they have to. I, I tweeted about it um, as soon as we won the game. I said it's it's probably going to be a Raptors Golden State Christmas game uh, next year, twenty nineteen. I ha it has to be. I mean, I guess this year. Or if not, like Raptors Celtics, that'd be fun too. Raptors Celtics, Raptors Seventy Sixers, Raptors Bucks, like any of those teams. I That's think would good. Be good. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Like I would take any of those. Uh, Raptors Seventy Sixers one would be interesting because Joel Embiid maybe trying to. Um, avenge his crying meme. He's like the new crying mm. Jordan meme. Um, definitely getting a Christmas game. No question about it. Who we're playing, I don't know. Um, but people are going to want to see more Raptors. If, if Kawhi Leonard stays as well, it's a guaranteed Christmas game. If he doesn't, I can maybe see a little bit of doubt coming into that. Yeah. I don't think that you... I don't think it matters if Kawhi Leonard stays or leaves. I think that you have to basically allow the one team that was in the finals... A Christmas game. If you don't give them one, I think that's kind of embarrassing to the league. But I will say this. Uh, I filled out a NBA playoff bracket on NBA.com before the playoffs started. Um, my West was a little wonky because I had OKC beating Portland and then beating Denver. Um, Me too. I had them going all the way. So I had I had them I had them going up against Golden State, but I had Golden State winning and going to the NBA okay. Finals. Um, you had them against you had the OKC Thunder, uh, the OK, Oklahoma City oh Jesus in the finals. Yep. <laughs> I, I um, just thought that Paul George was on a whole nother level entering into that playoffs. Yeah, he was. I just didn't. I just don't trust Westbrook in the playoffs. So or Adams, I had to, no. Yeah, I, and I thought that Portland with uh, Nurkic out. Uh, would be really tough to beat OKC. And then I just thought whoever won Portland OKC series would beat Denver because I wasn't necessarily sold on them, which we saw that end up being the case with Portland. But I had Raptors Golden State in the finals, and um, I had Raptors in seven, and I'm going to stick with it. I'm going going Raptors in seven, and there's a lot of people that are going to side with Golden State, and that's fine. You know what? It's comfortable. It's comfortable for people to say Golden State is the favorite. Golden State should win. Uh, I might be cheering for the Raptors, but Golden State is the favorite. And you know what? They might be. I'm not going. I'm not going to say that they shouldn't be. Like I've said earlier, they're 
their pedigree, their resume, it speaks for itself. Yeah. Yeah. But when you take a look, uh, I've heard rumblings that Boogie Cousins might be back. Uh, if that's the case, I think that that's fine because the guy's so out of shape game wise. <laughs> Let him play. Let him play. <laughs> Get, give me, give me some boogie in there. I think it doesn't really matter either way. I don't think he swings the pendulum. I think if KD returned, it might a little bit just because of the fact that he is Kevin Durant, one of the best basketball players in the world. It makes a difference for the defenders on the floor, even if he's not hitting shots or even if he's not a hundred percent. It still creates spacing for the Golden State Warriors. Like um, a decoy. Exactly. It, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a glorified decoy almost. And he can still probably give you 20, 25 points hobbled hurt. Um, saying that, though, if there's no Kevin Durant, I go back to this point about Kawhi Leonard. You put maybe Draymond Green on him, and that's the only guy that I think could realistically limit Kawhi Leonard a little bit. But Kawhi Leonard really doesn't give a fuck who's guarding him in these playoffs, does he? No. It's just like, bring me three dudes, I'll still create something, or I'll get my own. And um, I think that's a real problem for Golden State. Uh, Steph Curry is a liability defensively. I know I've had some debates with some people. He's not a good defender. Um, I don't think he's a very good defender at all. Uh, he often switches off on guys. You might see him uh, on Danny Green to start the series, because Danny Green's not shooting well. Uh, he will be. He will always be on the weaker guard. Uh, you will never see him on the stronger guard. Um, so, for instance, if Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet are on the floor, uh, he will. you'll most likely see him on Fred Van Vliet unless there's a uh, screen to switch, switch off. off. Yeah. Um, I just he's not, he's not a very good defender in my eyes. There might be metrics to suggest that he is better than what most people think, but um, I just don't see it. Uh, Clay Thompson, obviously, he's all defensive. He's a really good player. Um not being on the all NBA was a really big snub, I think. And mm. I think it's going to fuel him in the series. So I watch out for clay Thompson. I think he's got something to prove, even though he really doesn't, he really has something to prove with not being all NBA. Uh, otherwise who stops Kevin Durant, uh, who stops uh, Kawhi Leonard without Kevin Durant, Draymond, who Draymond. Okay, perfect. We say that Draymond's on them. So Pascal Siakam doors open for yep. him. Uh, yeah. Serge Ibaka, Marcus all yes. doors open. You got, um, if Draymond's out, uh, guys like Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet can actually cut to the rim and make a layup yeah, because feast. there's not two seven foot big boys over you, right? So un- unless you throw a uh, Bogut in there for ten minutes, a-, a game which 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 seems like what he's been playing, I just I don't know. I think that the Raptors are have been and will be the toughest matchup for Golden State in these playoffs, and I think I kind of agree with you in the sense where Golden State. I don't see them as one of the tougher matchups that Toronto's had to face just because of the length. Do they score a lot of points? Absolutely. But do you know who else scored a lot of points? The Milwaukee Bucks. Yep. And what did the Toronto Raptors do? They limited them to under 100 points a lot of times, ex- except for a couple of those blowouts. Mm. But yeah, I just, I'm, I'm, the confidence is at an all-time high with this team. And they have faced so much adversity and they've gone through so much and they haven't skipped a beat. Yes, they've had a couple blowout games, but if you take away the first game of the Orlando series, which they lost at home, they are eight and one at home in the postseason. Yeah. Eight and one. Yeah. And that's against arguably the best starting five in the league in the Philadelphia 76ers. They just didn't have the depth to compete. 
and the Milwaukee Bucks, which are a real the best team I think in the NBA. Uh, but they got clamped. I'm very confident with this Raptors team. I do think that the that the experience and the poise and determination of the Golden State Warriors will give them some games. I'm not saying that the Raptors are going to sweep. I'm not saying that Golden State's going to sweep. This is going to be a long series. It's going to be six or seven, but I think that the Raptors get it done at home, Game Seven. It's going to be a thriller. I wouldn't. I would even. I wouldn't even be surprised if Game Seven went to overtime. No one's going to have fingernails left if that's the case. If, if it goes to overtime, I'll probably be dead before the yeah. game's over. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. I'm touching on a couple of things you said. I know I preface this by saying that I think Golden State as a team is the easiest defensive matchup that the Raptors had to face this playoff series, season rather, or whatever you want to call it. Um, however, I do think Draymond Green is the m- most difficult defender that Kawhi will have to face. Fair. Right. So like Draymond Green defensively is better than Simmons, Embiid, uh, Brogdon, Middleton, Giannis. It doesn't matter. Like Draymond Green will be Kawhi's toughest foe defensively when he has the ball. Do I think that Kawhi can overcome that? Yes, I do. I think he's playing at an all elite level. And I think that he has the ability to prevent Draymond from neutralizing him. However, I do think it's going to be difficult. By no means do I think Kawhi is going to easily score on Draymond. But when you see what he's been doing this playoffs, you've got to be nothing but confident in that. Um, but yeah, I agree, man. Like, If you want to throw out Boogie Cousins, man, I welcome that. Do it. Because he can't keep up with Gasol. And Gasol's not even fast. But the thing about Gasol is that he stretches the floor. And he provides that extra threat in the outside that I don't think Cousins can keep up with. And if he does, I think Cousins is jumping and biting on every single pump fake. And Gasol's just going to take it right to the hoop. And he's not the best of dribblers and ball handlers. But at that point, man, like you probably have a decent open lane going there. Because who's going to stop you? Who's going to stop you at that point? Cousins probably fall on his ass because he jumped on your pump fake, right? It just go, man. Like I and, and if not, you if if Nurse messes with this Abaka Gasol tandem on the floor, oh my god, that's deadly. That's deadly and like this opens so many doors. And I you got to give Nurse credit because I've said this like he's been emphasized as such an offensive minded coach but the defense has been the real killer in these playoff series and it's because of him it's because of the recognition and the adjustments that he has made himself and so you got to give credit to him you got to give props to him and I, I don't know that he'll fold. In, in this playoffs, in this final series, I, I just don't. I have confidence in him. So, you know, as a unit, the Raptors are trotting out seven. That might be difficult. I mean, sorry, they're trotting out eight. That might be difficult because Golden State, they tend to like, they could trot out like 10 or 11 if they really wanted to. They're deep too. But the Raptors have more reliable scorers as we have recognized. Like, I, I really think from top to bottom, they're more reliable. They have more of an inside game compared to Golden State. Golden State's lights out from the outside. Don't get me wrong. That's what they're predicated on. But from the inside, I think the Raptors have a pretty decent advantage there. So I'm with you, man. I'm gonna. I'm saying Raptors in seven. Fuck it. Throw caution to Let's the win at this go. point. Just throw caution to the wind, right? Because I don't care. Like, maybe I'm being, you know, caught up in the moment. Maybe this emotion's getting the best of me, right? Because, you know, I chatted with Jordan on the last podcast, and he was like, I can't get there with you. Golden State's probably going to win that series. And, you know, at the time, I'm just like, you're you're probably right. Golden State, it's Golden State. 
But like now I'm just like, let my emotions take over yep. because they haven't failed me yet. This team has not failed me yet. What reason do I have to believe that they will fail me now? Just go for it. Just caution to the win. Raptors in seven. Let's fucking win a championship. Let's just do it. And Let's I'll go. trot my ass up there and I'll celebrate with you guys in the streets in the parade. Let's Book fucking do it. Raptors in Book seven. The flights. Book, the, Book flights. the flights. Let's go. Book <laughs> the flights. Hey, uh, quickly before we go, uh, I know yeah. we've we've shit a lot on Nick Nurse about some things in the regular season. Obviously, we give him credit for being a good coach and elevating this team to get to where they need to be. Um, right. But there's a lot of things in the regular season that uh, we were like, okay, what's going on here? AKA timeouts, AKA rotations, uh, AKA minutes given, dispersed, blah, blah, blah. Um, this playoffs, he has been the best coach in the NBA playoffs this year. And um, yeah. you might you might agree or disagree. I believe that he has been. Uh, should he have put Kawhi Leonard on Giannis earlier? Maybe. But I give him credit for understanding that and making that adjustment uh timeouts runs are rarely going more than 780 without him calling a timeout there have been a couple which have been like dude this isn't regular season anymore but to his credit there's a lot of things that he's adjusted to and adjusted to really well and i give him unbelievable praise for sticking with fred van vliet when everyone and fred van vliet's mother gave up on him like yeah. no one no one in the world believed in this guy and I don't know if it's because him and Fred both had kids on the same day and he's like, dude, we're blood brothers or something and you're going to play. <laughs> but um, he's believed in that guy and he's doing the same thing with Danny Green. And I expect Danny Green to respond better in the Golden State series because I think that shooters shoot. Fred Van Vliet, the best way to get out of a slump, you shoot. Danny Green, the best way to get out of a slump, he shoots. Uh, Danny Green has been consistent all year. Uh, playoffs obviously has been a struggle for him, but I still believe in Danny Green. I still believe that he can hit that shot, and I think what Nick Nurse is doing with him right now is good. And I think that he will get to that point eventually. I'm just hoping and praying that it happens, and then you have Kyle Lowry, Danny Green, Fred Van Vliet, potentially Pascal Siakam in the corner hitting threes. Marcus Saul can hit threes. You know, like guys, or Norman Powell obviously hitting threes. Like the spacing of the floor, Kawhi Leonard, I'm not even mentioning because we all know about him, but that's so many threats now and that's so much spacing. So I'm hoping that Danny Green can get there. I think that he can. I credit Nick Nurse for sticking with a lot of things when people said to give up on them. Uh, in my books, this postseason coach of the year. Uh, congratulations, Nick Nurse. Good for you. You won't get any coach of the year recognition because it's based on regular season, which is garbage, but postseason, you should be coach of the year. I think it's going to bud. But you know that's a. I think Bud choked horribly in this series. I oh, think for Bud, sure. I think Bud got outcoached horrendously, and you know what? Bud is now zero and five all time in series clinching games. Zero and five. That guy has no clutch gene. His body. He's no clutch gene. So no, I'm sorry. He got outcoached. He couldn't. He couldn't handle this. The the tactical play, the chess move from Nick Nurse on putting Kawhi Leonard on Giannis, which he should have understood that that was coming. He he didn't even realize the thing about Miritich until it was too late, where he's like, "Oh my god, I can't, I can't play this dude." Right. That's that's stuff that you have to realize right away. There's and having not having Brogdon in the starting lineup was a mistake from the get go, but he didn't realize that until game four, game five. It's just it's things like that 
where it took a lot longer for him to adjust to things than Nick Nurse. So I think that Nick Nurse outcoached him. Bud's going to win coach of the year. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that's what I mean. Like, uh, yeah. do I think he deserves it? No, but do I think he'll get it? Yes. Yeah, he'll he'll win it. Um, but again, regular season awards. Why Dwayne Casey won it last year too, right? <laughs> but um, who knows? Maybe Bud will get fired this year. No, I'm just kidding. He's not. He's no, not no. I'm, I'm kidding. No, but, no. Um, all right. Yeah. Well, it all goes down Thursday, game one. Now we have to deal with 9 p.m. start times. We're fucking. I'm in garbage. it. Let's do it. Let's just do it. I'll drink two coffees. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're in, right? Game one in Toronto. Uh, I, I assume secondary markets are going to sell tickets for like two grand. Would not surprise me at yeah, all. Cheapest, but, uh, cheapest was in the nosebleeds. I saw already early now was like 1500 US per, yeah. which is about almost, almost 2000 and That's before taxes and fees. So it's probably almost more. Uh, Go to Jurassic Park. Yes. <laughs> you know how much you have to pay for that? Zero. To get in, no, <laughs> zero, it's nothing, right? It's yeah, nothing. It's free. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's go to Jurassic Park and enjoy it. D- enjoy the, the, uh, the sort of the block party mentality. It's uh, I envy you guys. But all right, we'll uh, we'll wrap it up here, dude. I appreciate you coming on on such short notice. I know it was kind of like, hey, you available in five ten minutes? Let's go. Um, but I appreciate you popping on. Uh, you know the deal. Promote any and everything you got going on. Do it. Floor is yours. Go for it. Yeah. So uh, you can check out on Twitter at to underscore sports views. You can check out the website torontosportsviews.com. Uh, you can also uh, check out the podcast, the TSV podcast. Um, I got a little exciting news coming up shortly, which I'm going to um, announce on my socials, but um, I have some exciting stuff that's going to be coming up for TSV. Uh, also, if you're looking to uh, write, I am actively recruiting writers for the site. So uh, if, if that's something that you just kind of want to test out, uh, there's no real commitment needed. If you just want to put up an article or two every once in a while, if you want to put your stuff out there, uh, let me know. Uh, uh, hit up my DMs or if you want to, I have a contact form on the website. You can also submit there too. So just let me know. Uh, I got I got stuff that's going to be coming up with uh, TSV that's really exciting. So uh, check us out. And uh, yeah, give me a follow on Twitter. It's going to be really exciting NBA Finals. And you can hear all about it in my perspective there. That's the spot to do it. All the links to Connor's work, podcast, and Twitter will be in the description of the show. Highly encourage you subscribe to his show if you haven't already. And if you haven't, something wrong. But uh, yeah, dude, uh, <laughs> again, appreciate you coming on. I'm excited to hear this news. And uh, let's win a fucking championship. So uh, let's win the fucking Let's do show. it. How alive are we? We're too alive. All right, man. I'll talk to you later.